The future of healthcare is exciting with many new therapies finding incredible success. The Heroic Dose brought to you by Microdose is a one-day virtual conference that will explore the use of psychedelic therapies in military veterans and first responders in an effort to combat the alarming rates of PTSD, substance abuse, and suicide in this coveted yet undeserved demographic. Topics discussed include the therapeutic potential of psychedelics over opioids for pain management, reducing the graduation of acute pain to chronic pain, and preventing suicide in the long run. The Heroic Dose will cover the intersection of clinical care, research, and investment arenas. Now, while this is an all-day event on April 22nd, yours truly will be moderating a panel at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The panels focus the altered state of combat veteran trauma and the quest for novel therapeutics in psychedelic substances history and overview of current treatments. And the panel will feature four veterans who have used psychedelic therapies to combat PTSD, trauma, opioid addiction, and I would love to show them some support from the phenomenal Brian Nichols Show audience. So please follow the link to the show notes to the Microdose website and sign up for this incredible virtual conference. And if you are a veteran, a 100% discount will be applied at checkout. Again, that's the Heroic Dose brought to you by Microdose. Link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to tonight's episode. That's right. If you're listening to the audio version, it's Wednesday. But if you are watching, the YouTube version is airing on YouTube live at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's right, folks. The Brian Nichols Show is now in video format. So to you audio listener, you want to check out the program before it actually airs and get to see the video version of the show. We'll head over to YouTube for 8 o'clock on Sunday nights, Tuesday nights, and Thursday nights for the live streaming of the episode. Now for folks onto the program, who do we have? David Osborne from the Americans for Fair Treatment. David first joined the program when he was part of the Fairness Center back a few years ago, focusing on helping protect public sector employees' rights. He's joining the program now to give those union employees a voice standing up against their public sector unions and what we can do at the Brian Nichols Show audience to help support their cause. And before we get started, folks, if you want to go ahead and learn how to get one of these awesome don't hurt people and don't take people's stuff bumper stickers, stick around to after the episode. But with that being said, on to the show, David Osborne here on the Brian Nichols Show. Brian, how you doing? Doing good, David. Thanks so much for joining the program. So glad to have you back on the show and so glad to see you've been having a lot of wild, exciting adventures happening over in your world. Namely, you're in a new position uh, over at the Americans for Fair Treatment. You last joined the program back, I think it was like episode 60, 69, 68, somewhere in there uh, when you were part of recent guests. It was the, the Fairness Center. Uh, yep. So I know you've been very busy. Let's kind of dig into what's been happening over in your world. Yeah. I work on an organization called Americans for Fair Treatment. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps people who've been failed by their public sector unions. Um, so we've worked with teachers, firefighters, law enforcement, uh, state municipal employees, among others, who were counting on their union to treat them fairly. And many of them have come to the conclusion that they're really better off without a union. So 
you say they've come to that conclusion, and we've talked to uh, Nathan uh, most recently here in the Fairness Center, uh, and we hear that it's mostly because a lot of people just don't realize what's happening behind the scenes. But when people do start to wake up to the nitty gritty, the, the dirty details of what their contracts actually say, what maybe they weren't told that they should have been told, we see more often than not that people are starting to say, well, this is this is wrong. And they're looking for outlets. So let's kind of start off here setting up what brought you going from the Fairness Center to the Americans for Fair Treatment? What was that progression like? Sure. I, I joined and was part of, of starting the Fairness Center because I was convinced uh, there were people in Pennsylvania who really cared about public employees. And I had to be convinced that these public employees were, were not treated fairly by their unions. Um, the reason that was kind of surprising to me is that I lived in Florida at the time where public sector unions just don't have as much of a hold on state politics. I'm not saying that they do their job that well. I'm just saying that to the extent that they're active, they're, they're in the, they're at least in the ballpark. Um, what I learned that was happening in Pennsylvania, and really this is happening across the country, is that public sector unions seem to be, public sector union officials seem to be more concerned with growing their power and their status than they were in in properly representing um, these particular employees. So again, we're talking about teachers, uh, first responders, um, state municipal workers. I started to meet with some of those people and I learned firsthand from them some of the stories um, that I thought were unbelievable. Uh, it's sort of like the nightmare that you might go through with a with a cable company or with, at the very least, bad customer service. At the worst, constitutional rights uh, were being abridged. Wow. So one of, the, one of the first stories I heard, for instance, was a woman who was, uh, her name is Jane Ladley. He, she was forced um, to pay the union as a condition of employment as a teacher. And at that time, that was the law. Um, unions could, could do that. But she had some um, religious reasons for not wanting to pay the union. And uh, as a result, there was a law in place that allowed her to object on religious grounds to payment of any fee, any any payment of any kind to the union. Um, but the union was actually using that very process against her to make sure that the money that they knew they would never get their hands on was going to a nonprofit that they would have approved otherwise. So, for instance, she wanted to send uh, th there was another woman that I worked with who wanted to send her money. Uh, she was experiencing the exact same thing, wanted to send her money to a, uh, a local um, a pregnancy center that helps women who who chose not to uh, undergo an abortion. Uh, that was something she felt very strongly about. Um, well, the union said, no, we'll only allow you to give your money to a, uh, a charity that counsels women on all options. Um, of course, that was antithetical to what she believed. Um, so even though they weren't going to get the money, they wanted to make sure that the money that would otherwise go to them was going to a, a charity that they would support. That's the kind of stuff. It, again, that's a constitutional issue. Um, you, you might think of it as a small issue because there were small dollar amounts involved, but these were high value because they were they were high principle issues. Uh, so after meeting with a number of these folks, I agreed. Um, what you need here is a public interest law firm. I had gone to law school to help people to make a difference in the world. Uh, I know a lot of lawyers say that, a lot of lawyers don't follow through on that. I wanted to follow through on it. And uh, so when I came up to Pennsylvania, I started representing these people and, and it wasn't just them, it was it was uh, one, uh, one public employee after another 
who was forced to support politics that they didn't agree with, who was uh, forced to um, to support candidates that they would have never supported. And they didn't have any say in the matter really without a lawyer. That's wow. That's wild. So, I mean, time out really quick there. Sure. Because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hear this and they're probably in the public sector union right now. And they maybe don't realize that this is happening to them. So they, I say they, they should <laughs> at the very least be trying to find some outlets that they can, I guess, utilize that can help them raise this awareness up to other folks who are in the union. Because I mean, I, I was talking to Nathan last time from the Fairness Center. And one of the stories he told was was just mind blowing to me that the the audacity of one of the um the public sector uh or organization saying well don't ask that question don't worry about that right like, yeah. how dare you that's that's the money that you're paying well not even just paying it's being forcibly taken from your paycheck whether you like it or not that's going to these union dues it's it's just insane right well well brian that, i mean nathan and i worked closely together for years at the fairness center um we worked on the legal side so when when these things would come up um these folks needed a lawyer. And the reality is if you go out in the private market and try to pay for a lawyer for these things, uh, you're going to burn through a few hundred dollars in a couple of hours um, before the value, at least the monetary value of your claim is already exhausted. Um, as you and I know, the Constitution matters a lot more than that. So uh, somebody, uh, some lawyer was needed to fight for these folks. Now, w the reason that I'm now at Americans for Fair Treatment is that um, filing these kinds of lawsuits, helping these individuals, um, irreplaceable. It's a big part of, of how these folks can take the power back. But um, what Americans for Treatment helps people do is, you know, when they don't have a lawsuit, when they want to speak out, when they want to, like you, you're talking about, educating their coworkers, um, when they want to make some other difference, say, with the legislature, um, they need the tools to do it. They're, they're going up against a big union machine that works alongside big government to grow government and to uh, increase taxes. And they are just a little guy on their own. Yeah. So let's talk about what you've been doing then. And that is working at the Americans for Fair Treatment and giving these folks a, a platform. Mm -hmm. So let's start off introducing the Americans for Fair Treatment. What is the mission, the goal of the organization as, uh, as you've started it? Yeah, you know, we, we help to educate public employees as to their constitutional rights with respect to public sector union issues. And um, we uh, we connect people once we've educated them with with resources that they need to adequately defend those rights. Um, so we like to we like to tell people that we we help to move them from a position of union dependence to a place of union independence. And that can look like a lot of different things. There are some people who want to declare union independence by resigning from their union, by uh, quitting and, and ending their dues payments to support things that they really don't support. Um, and then for some people, it looks like you're kicking the union out altogether, maybe starting their own union or decertifying the old union and negotiating directly with their employer. Um, uh, the, the problem for a lot of these public employees, as they've expressed it to me, is that the union has made themselves appear to be irreplaceable. Um, right. that's, why, that's why dependence happens. Um, what, what, uh, after, uh, people, after people are properly educated about their rights 
and then are connected with resources, um, they realize that the union has uh, sold them a lie and that in reality, um, the union is out for itself. It's out to enrich its public employee, its, uh, pub its uh, public sector union officials and to grow in power and influence and ultimately to achieve social goals that many of the folks that they're supposed to represent never supported in the first place. Yeah. And one thing I, I constantly hear from my friends on, on the left is, well, look at the support of the unions. Like these are the folks out there who are who they're the workers of America. And look at the money they're, they're pouring in to these Democratic candidates. They must be supporting them. But I don't think a lot of people realize that in many cases, the public sector union dues are just automatically taken right from your paycheck. And it's only in some of these right to work states that we've we've seen a lot of people starting to, to back away because they're saying, I don't want this. I don't want my money taken and going to something that honestly, I, I don't support. So right now, that's what we've been focusing right for, for what you're doing at Americans for Fair Treatment. So let's kind of walk through some of the action items that you as an organization can help with these um, these public sector employees right now who are looking for an outlet. What's the, the I guess, the uh, value add, if you will, um, that the Americans for Fair Treatment uh, represent? Yeah, well, when, when public sector unions control your dues payments, control your uh, your the windows in which you can resign from the union, um, speak directly to your employer, uh, any in public employee that wants to declare union independence is going to run into some issues. Um, what Americans for Treatment has done is crack the code. We know how public employees can assert union independence and when they're ready to do it, when they want to do it, we can lead them down the path. They don't have to start from scratch. Um, uh, one of my friends uh, describes some of what we do as, you know, if you're looking to buy a house, it's a complicated process. Um, not insurmountable, but it's complicated. A whole industry has arisen around um, buying a house. You've got people who uh, who inspect homes for a living. You've got realtors who make the deal happen. You've got lawyers who draft up the documents. Um, we, all, we, we do all that when it comes to asserting one's union independence. So um, letters, we've got letters on our website that you can use to resign from your union. Um, we've, got, um, we've got forms that people can use to file with their labor relations board when they feel like they've been wronged or they wanna start their own union. Um, and we've got plenty of resources. All, all you have to do is call us and we can walk you, walk you through and help you find some of those things. Nice thing is we do it all for free. Ooh, free. People like free, David. So when, when we're talking about these specific resources, particularly, I guess, like specifics, what kind of resources are you referring to? Yeah, so I mentioned, I mentioned a letter. Um, yeah, yeah, dig into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, many people have gone through uh, the resignation process using the letters that we provide on our website. Um, it's not terribly complicated, but if you had to sit down and start from scratch, you wouldn't know how to do it. Moreover, there are complicated rules that unions make you follow in order to get out of your union. Yeah, you um, spoke of that last time. That they they would, and even like in the renewals, they would throw in like if you don't get the letter in a certain like time frame between like when the first meeting was to the last meeting, and then you're like, oh wait, what? And then like, oh, too late. Sorry, you're renewed already. Yeah, look, if, you, crazy. if, you, if you've ever tried to resign from your gym or end your uh, Verizon plan, um, you'll experience just a piece of what public sector employees experience when they try to leave their union. 
but again, the public sector unions are far more savvy and less interested in customer service because they have a monopoly over these people in, in their workplace. Right. Um, so some of the forms that public sector unions are making people sign in order to become members are highly restrictive. They're signed in circumstances that um, that prevent a public sector employee from reading or understanding them. And then when they go to resign, what they realize is the unions made them sign uh, an agreement that, for instance, this is a hot one right now, that they agree to pay union dues regardless of their membership status. Make any sense to you? How is that legal? Uh, this would be like if you had your you're trying to get out of your gym membership and they said, yeah, you can quit your gym membership, but you still have to pay all the dues that you would have had to pay. Um, there are times where you might have to pay a month or two. We're talking about for a year and you don't get to use the gym while you're paying those dues. I mean, that's the worst part of this. The union will kick you out, but make you pay dues uh, regardless of your membership status. Wow. So, just one example among many of, of some of the some of the difficulty that people run into when they're getting out of unions. We are hip to all these tricks. Um, these are the in fact we put something on the website just recently uh, detailing three of the different ways that government unions will use to try to keep people in. Um, that's one of them. Restrictive terms that you don't understand until you actually go to resign. So, David. What other things are there as red flags that people should be looking out for? Because I mean, I, I'm sure your average employee who's hearing this are like, oh, what? Like, that's a thing? So I'm sure you come across us all day long, like my day job, we're in greater telecom and cybersecurity. So when I'm talking to an IT director and they start talking about like a phishing attack, I'm like, I get you and I speak your language. But if I were to go ahead and start talking to Susie down in accounting, she might not know exactly what the phishing campaign is. Like, we're going to go phishing as a team. Like, what is this? So I think there is a lot of people who maybe they don't understand just because they don't speak legalese. They don't know what to look for. So maybe you can do a little bit more of that. Well, you don't, you don't have to understand legalese to, to see the biggest problem about public sector unions. Um, so right now in New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Illinois, among others, there are progressive politicians and public sector employees who are working together to raise taxes and grow government. Um, in Pennsylvania, for example, the governor's calling for a $4 billion B billion with a B uh, tax wow. increase. More than half of those who are supporting that budget increase are public sector union officials who've been supporting uh, Governor Wolf, the, the most liberal governor in America. Uh, during the 2020 election, public sector unions across the country spent about $250 million on politics and at 90% or so went to Democrats. Uh, un unfortunately, that means that the public sector unions uh, that are looking to go government end up having enormous influence over the Democrats that they've campaigned for. It's a slush fund. That's all it is. And, and you know, what, what do public wild. sector unions, what, what do public sector unions get out of that? Uh, well, big government means more public employees, more members, more union dues. The, in, in other words, the, the pathway to growing public sector unions is to grow government itself. And wow. that what I'm describing is, is really a vicious cycle. Yeah. And that's a super vicious cycle to say the least. It's vicious. just, it's going to be, it's like a, an avalanche. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it implodes on itself. That's just like the inevitable outcome. Right. And, well, and we run into public employees 
all the time who were actually funding that vicious cycle didn't really realize what was going on. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned that 90 percent or so of that 250 million across the country were going to Democrats. Um, that does not reflect membership. Uh, many members believed that the union would be uh, a protection for them when an employer comes after them unjustly. Sometimes the union does that, but the primary purpose of public sector union officials right now is to grow their power and influence. And they've done that largely by co-opting and living off of um, the Democratic Party. I don't don't know that it had to be the Democratic Party. It certainly could have looked some other way, but this is how it is evolved in this country and um, and public sector union employees, the, the folks that unions are supposed to represent, um, when they find that out, a, lo- a lot of them want to take a step to declare union independence. This is not something I want to be a part of. Yeah, you mentioned assert their union independence. I like that line. Um, and you mentioned that a lot of folks, they don't realize that the union isn't there to help them because it, it goes to, <laughs> again, this like kind of perpetual cycle. You have the public uh, schooling system. And public schooling employees who are represented by their unions. So, I mean, if kids are taught that the union is there to help protect mm-hmm. you, and it's being taught by teachers who have an incentive via the unions to maintain that union that happens to be a public sector union, I mean, I think your average bear can figure out that just something doesn't seem to really maybe add up. And if this was any other circumstance, where it wasn't being forced by government and people just are, you know, frog in the boiling pot of water. So used to it at this point that mm-hmm. they're just numb that if this was happening at your company or your, your other place of business that wasn't, you know, this wasn't forced, you'd be like, hold up. Something, something doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, people, people are standing up. I mean, public sector workers across the country right now are filing lawsuits against their union to end um, their forced uh, uh, funding of the union's politics. Um, that's, that's good news. So we have good news. I like good news. And, and as we kind of turn towards where we're ending the show, I like to paint a better future, a better picture. That's what we like to do in sales, right? Paint that new reality. So David, what's the new reality? What's, what, can folks who maybe have found that the public sector uh, unions, the public sector career path, it's just now they're realizing it for what it is. It's inefficient. Now they're finding their money is just being ripped away from their paychecks without their consent. What can those folks do? Where is that positive uh, image for the future for them? It doesn't have to be that way. Um, I think union independence uh, looks like uh, it's a place where um, individuals can freely talk about their union, about their political beliefs outside of work without reprisal of the union at work. Um, I think people should be listened to by their unions. They should have the choice not to fund a union. They should have a choice to leave a union at any time. And ultimately, I think they should have the choice to work directly with their employer to affect changes in their own terms and conditions of employment, should they desire, and to do that without a union. Right now, um, that last bit is, is something that public employees really don't have a choice about. Right now, you, you could assert your independence from the union to a point. You could stop paying dues. 
Um, if you could stop uh, uh, supporting the union, you could stop um, being afraid of the union. You could um, sue your union when it fails to properly represent you or um, or takes actions that are inconsistent with your uh, with your employment goals. But the reality is in most places in America, the, the union still has the ability to forcibly represent you. It's something they call exclusive representation. And, you know, the, the, the U.S. Supreme Court has for a long time saw that there is a First Amendment problem um, with the idea of being exclusively represented, forcibly represented by an organization that does not speak for you. It's like putting words into your mouth. And uh, that's that's a, a big problem that many are, are urging the Supreme Court to address now. It's also a problem that many, um, many state legislatures are looking at. Um, but one thing that public sector employees can do, uh, even though that is not an option right now in many places, is to stand up and show political support uh, for their ability to speak directly with their employer, to kick out their union when it's no longer doing its job. Well, that's a heck of a call to action. If I ever heard one, David Osborne, and, and as folks who are watching the video version of the program, yes, folks, we do a video version now of the program for the longtime listeners are like three years and now we have video. Well, now you're telling us, well, it's new folks. So uh, at the bottom, we have the ticker here, uh, www.americansforfairtreatment.org. Uh, David, is there social media? We can go ahead and make sure we, uh, we link for folks as well. There is. Yeah. Yeah. I'd encourage you to, to visit our website. It's AFFT.org. Um, or we, we have a Twitter feed. Uh, we have Facebook, um, all, all, all the mediums you could possibly imagine. Um, you can connect with us there. Fantastic. Give us a phone call. Either one. Yeah. And, and what we'll do, because because folks, this is important, right? This is this is honestly the, the conversations that we need to be having with, with folks who they don't know. Um, and, and part of the, the way we can get things better is is candidly going out of our way to help. And what the goal of the show is over my shoulder, educate, enlighten and inform. And that's what we're trying to do here at the Brian Nichols Show. So David Osborne, as always, thank you for all the work you're doing. The Americans for fair treatment. The links are in the show notes. David Osborne, thanks for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of the Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Who likes going to the grocery store? You have to pick up the car, head to the store, shop amongst the covid masses, stand in line for hours at checkout, then drive all the way back home only to have to lug your groceries into the house. Well, what if you were able to get all your groceries delivered right to your door with savings up to 50% off of the big guys? Brian, your Thrive Market order has arrived. 
Thrive Market is one of the top grocery store alternatives on the market featuring hundreds of products for specific diets and lifestyles. So, you eating paleo or Whole30 or you living that keto life? Perhaps you have celiacs like yours truly and you want some gluten-free options that actually taste good. Side note, Thrive literally has one of the best gluten-free pizza crusts I've ever had. Literally have it every single week. And here's what's even better. Not only do all orders over $49 get free shipping, but members of the Brian Nichols Show audience get 20% off their first order, plus get one month of their Thrive membership for free. So head over to the show notes and click the link for your exclusive Thrive Market offer and start skipping the grocery store today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with David Osborne from the Americans for Fair Treatment. Thank you, David, for joining the program. And thank you, folks, for joining us here on today's amazing episode. If you enjoyed the episode, well, do me a favor. Make sure you go ahead and hit that share button and you can share it on Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, Parlor.com, and make sure you go ahead and tag me at B Nichols Liberty. Also, if you enjoyed the video of the version of the show, well, please give it a thumbs up and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode. Also on your favorite podcaster, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Now, I did tease, and for those of you here in the video version, this awesome Don't Hurt People and Don't Take People's Stuff bumper sticker. How can you get one of these awesome new bumper stickers? Well, you can head over to the Patreon and become a supporting listener of The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, all entry-level uh, executives here in the Brian Nichols show at the Patreon level will be getting a brand new bumper sticker at the $5 level. So if you want to go ahead and help supporting the program while also getting some awesome new swag to definitely pique some interest, head over to our Patreon link in the show notes. Support the program. Again, $5 a month. Come on, that's less than a cup of coffee from Starbucks. And you get an awesome bumper sticker in return and you get to support the show. Why not? Folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. What's coming up here on Friday? Well, we are going to have a conversation about how free markets destroy. That's right. Chris Gargill from Free Markets Destroy joins the Brian Nichols Show discussing all things of how the free markets destroy what? Climate change, poverty, hunger, and more. So make sure you hit subscribe so you're not missing a single episode. With that being said, though, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols Show for David Osborne. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.